What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the From the Stands podcast. I am Ian, joined as always by my big brother, Sean. Sean, we're going to talk some hoops today, but we got someone joining us today. We do, Ian. We have a special guest joining us today, a contributor for the Playgrounder and host of the Shaw's Law podcast, Pod God, Rob Shaw. Rob, thanks so much for joining us, buddy. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. I'm super excited to be here. You guys' setup makes me wildly happy because it's two brothers doing a pod, and that's where I started with my brother. Well, let's get there. So how did you get into this? Where does the pod god start? Um, the pod god starts at a TV repair shop, and they wanted to teach me how to repair TVs, and I was just so bad at it. They basically made me like the administrative assistant who carried in broken TVs. So in my downtime, I would just listen to podcasts. And then I was like, I could do this. I discovered Bill Simmons working there as well as uh, Robin Lundberg. Like I would just listen to them my whole shift. And then I was like, I definitely just want to ramble about sports and pop culture. Well, and you've done a few podcasts. I feel like you've done one or two a day every, every day this month. How do you do this? So this, it's... One time, me and my brother were like, yo, we're going to do 15 mini, pod, uh, mini pods where we'll do two teams a day for the 15 days leading up to the season. Great and idea. we got halfway through and we didn't finish. So this time I was like, Look, yo, I'm just going to network with everybody. I'm going to hit every. I wrote all 30 teams down and I was like, oh, I know that this guy on Twitter likes this team and I'm just going to DM them until they answer me. <laughs> And then we'll do a pod and I'll keep them in the tuck. And since they're not, since there's no basketball happening right now, they're not like pressing, like they won't get old unless like a big trade happens. So then I just drop one a day until the 23rd. That's incredible. I can't imagine. That is quite, that is quite the work ethic. Honestly, it's the kind of work ethic that gets somebody paid five years, $230 million from the Milwaukee Bucks. So, Rob, before we get rolling, we got to talk Giannis. Tell me, what were your thoughts? First of all, that was an elite segue. <laughs> I guess, like, like, real recognize real. That was elite. <laughs> um. I think he just like, he just looked at next season's off season and was like, all the little fun you guys want to have about speculating. Yeah. Cut that nonsense out. I'm not going to the Mavs. I'm going to stay here with all my teammates like me who have no sauce in our game and we're not fun to watch. And we're going to win a bunch of games in the regular season. But unless you're like obsessed with long arm dunks, you're not going to be like, Oh, this was fun to watch. So you mentioned the Mavs. You're talking to two boys from Toronto right now who were desperately holding our breath for Masai to pull a rabbit out of the hat, bring Giannis north. That killed everyone. I don't know. I'm not sure how much how deep you go into Raptors Twitter. It was dark today, Rob. And but you know what? You got to feel good for the for the Bucks fans though. Small market team keeping that that star. You got to feel good for them, right? No, you don't. <laughs> Thank you. Like I just. This, the way this Bucks team is made does nothing for me. Like I have said it once on Twitter. I've said it a thousand times. It is just a team full of dudes with no bag. They play the least aesthetically pleasing basketball I've ever seen. So you don't like Bud Ball is what you're saying? No, no, it's not Bud Ball because it's not his system. It is just that nobody, none of the players 
has a game that appeals to me. Like, it's see, just... See, I get where you are, but I'm also a big Drew Holiday guy, only because I love his defense, right? Like, his defense to me is... So, now, the, the, the trade itself was... Uh, it, a wild overpay. And we can talk about that if you want to, but in a way it secured Giannis, which is the biggest addition that they could have had this off season, him signing on the dotted line for five years. But I do like Drew's defense. And I think that that is a way that if Milwaukee wants to move on, it has to be defense first. And I think Drew could fit into that. I don't mind Drew. Um, but even Drew is a point guard that says things like, Yo, I'd actually like to play off ball. Like, I, but I, I like Drew. He's a great addition for them. And I have no qualms about saying that, like, they are part of one of the best teams in the East. Mm -hmm. But they're just not fun to watch. Like, Giannis's game doesn't do anything for me. So you would um, rather watch the Rockets than the Bucks? Don't say that. <sighs> I'm, I'm teeing you up for this because the Rockets are – the Rockets, are, the Rockets can be tough to watch. They're like, tough to watch. I'm hoping that they're more fun to watch this year uh, under... True. Ooh, Silas. Silas. Uh, Steven Silas. Well, and but John Wall. Just overall, like, the slinging of the rock for, like, open threes. And when Harden's not locked into basketball, like, where he's, like, processing, hmm, I need a free throw attempt here. Like, when it's just, oh, this guy stepped too high, his... Left foot was out too high. I'm blowing by him going right. And then I'm zinging it to PJ in the corner. Cool, because it looks Yeah, I like cool. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're going to get to Milwaukee. So let's not spend too much time here. So, Rob, we brought you on for a very, very special part of our podcast as we lead up to the NBA season. And that is over-unders. My brother and I did the West over-unders last week. We are now doing the East over-unders. And we're going to start with a team that has a lot of people in their corner coming out of the offseason. It is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are over under for this 72 game season is 35 and a half. That is a 40 win pace in an 82 game regular season. Rob, you're the guest. We're going to throw to you first. Are you taking so, the over or are you taking the under 35 and a half? It's going to be an under for me. And I'm excited about them. 35 and a half I just you're think basically it's, 500 just about I, I just think it's an under because I, I haven't seen this team be 500 I think they're going to be like a six seven seed in the east but like I do have concerns about the addition of like all these vets these impact player vets on these kids they're trying to develop like Bogdanovich that dude is a bucket He's going to come in and demand playing time. Well, it's cutting into Cam Reddish, uh, Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter mm -hmm. and uh, Kevin Herter. Yep. And that is your core. Like the, the league loves to talk about, well, are they all on the same timeline? Those three guys, Trey Young, John Collins, are all on the same timeline. Bogdanovich, Gallo. Um, I guess Chris Dunn is sort of right in the middle. Rondo. R Rondo's on a different timeline. That's right. <laughs> Rondo is on a different type of time. Well, and John Collins has to be the biggest loser here because yeah. I, I, I just don't see it. Ian, you have the, the ins and outs. Why don't you tell everyone who's in and who's out for the Hawks? 
Yeah, so th- this is what Rob was getting to. So the guys that are coming in are Danilo Gallinari, Rajon Rondo, Chris Dunn, Solomon Hill, Bogdan Bogdanovich, veterans across the board. And then, of course, they drafted um, Onyeka Okongwu, uh, who, a kid I really like, but he's got Clint Capella ahead of him. And then out is Dwayne Dedman, Jeff Teague, DeAndre Bembry, Vince Carter, guys that, you know, although we may like or dislike, had very little impact last year. So, I mean, I think the main thing is, Again, we talk about timeline, right? And the important part about a timeline is you use lottery picks on these players. You know, I think Herder was outside the lottery, but Reddish was a lottery guy and Hunter was like sixth or he was the top 10 guy. Six so, and 10. Right. So at, at what point now are we pushing those guys? Are we pushing those guys aside? Are we stunting their development? Are we, are we wasting lottery picks basically? Or is this a way to say, Hey, maybe we threw you in too fast last year. We bring you along slowly. I just don't know. I mean, you have to think that guys like Gallo and Bogdanovich and those guys, they have to be 30 minutes a night. I mean, guys like Reddish and Hunter, I'm a Hunter guy personally. It just makes it really tough. I'm not sure where they go from here. And, and again, look, I am personally the under, um, I'm not sure how they're going to handle it defensively. Um, other than Chris Dunn, I just don't know they have a ton of great defense, particularly along the perimeter. Trey Young is quite literally the worst defensive player in the league. The worst. So, you know, you have to surround that. You have to insulate that type of player. And I'm not sure that one addition of Chris Dunn solves that. So I personally, I think they're good enough for the eight seed. Um, but that's about it. I think, I, I, think uh, I don't see them sprinting past 400 here. I got the under. The starting five or the closing five, I guess, is going to be interesting because it's going to have to be Trey Young, Bogdan, Hunter, Gallo, and Capella. You'd have to think that leaves de- the depth is pretty good. If Capella can stay on the floor, if Capella can stay on the floor, I agree. It, 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 you could also switch Collins into that into that five role uh, for closing games. He's small. He's on the smaller side, but he has a lot of bounce. Their depth. Like they have guys that you know you'd you'd be fine with having on your basketball team and Rondo Herder, Reddish, Collins, Okongwu, Dunn, Snell, Solomon Hill. Like they go 12-ish deep. It's too many guys, though. It's way too, too many, many guys. Too many guys, no many no minutes. And that was gonna be my biggest point. And and to me, I think the biggest the guy who hurts the most, and I brought it up already, is Collins. I like his game. I think that he he's a competitor. I think he can he can play, you know, top six minutes. And right now he's kind of sitting seven, eight on a team that to your guys' point, its ceiling is six if everything goes right, but it's probably battling eight, nine for the play-in tournament. Their defense so, is still going to be atrocious. Like, their offense so, is going is to be good, but it's going to be atrocious defensively. So I'll let Rob close out Atlanta, but I just want to say one thing. Here, Here's my problem. I have the right? under, if, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and I figured. If you want to play Collins, right? Collins, with since you have Capella, and Capella's paid at like $17 million for the next three years – that much he has he has to play the four right it's it's around there i think Jeez. he has to check it check it but he has to play the four so that means if gallo's on the floor too he's playing the three and i know there's a lot of wings in the east that are going to be cooking gallo when they see him you know when they see him on the perimeter particularly you know rob's guy out in brooklyn so rob a- any lasting thoughts on atlanta yeah travis schlank um robbed us of do you remember how fun it was when oh my god russell westbrook's gonna average a triple double for the season and we never (laughs) thought we'd see that in our lifetimes yeah 
Yeah, well, by going out and getting competent NBA veterans in uh, Gallo, Rondo, Bogdan, I was prepared when the Hawks were going to suck this year to just run around saying, hey, Trey Young's going to do the tiny Archibald and lead the league in points and assists. <laughs> Trey but season. Travis Schlenk just went out, did a good job. They got good players. They'll probably make the playoffs now. But now, like, we have to wait for the next, like, high-scoring point guard who can just throw dimes and is going to dominate the ball to try that. I desperately want them to get the eight. He's going to I desperately want them to get the eight seed because watching Drew Holiday guard Trey Young in the playoffs would be amazing. Well, let's get to a playoff team from this past year, Ian. That is the Boston Celtics. 45 and a half wins. That's a 52-win pace. The over is plus 105. The under is minus 135. Ian, who's in, who's out? What do we got with Boston? Because there's some turnover there. (laughs) We sure do. So in, we got Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard for some reason, uh, Tristan Thompson, and Jeff Teague for some reason. And then uh, out, Enos Cantor, Gordon Hayward, Brad Wanamaker. So Rob, as, as someone who watches a lot of college, this past season had to have been difficult, right? Because obviously gets shut down quickly and not the one that we're in now. I know as a Kentucky fan, that's just difficult all around. You're, you're about to make me cry on the pod. I'm not trying to. <laughs> no, 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 no. You guys asked me where I'm from. I'm from Kingston, New York. I love March Madness. They were having tournament games last year in Albany. The first two days of the tournament, Gambler's Heaven was in Albany, which is an hour away. I had my two sons going. My brother, my dad, my dad's best friend. Like we had purchased tickets when they shut that down. I, it still hurts my soul to this day. So can I follow up with the question about college? Go ahead. Is Peyton Pritchard good at basketball? Oh, I couldn't wait to get to that. We're not going to slander Peyton Pritchard. (laughs) Peyton Pritchard is like the epitome of you want to work hard you can make it that's really mister you can work hard and make it he's not going to make bad decisions with the ball he's going to knock down open shots you were going to i i would put money down that that dude turns into a 10-year vet i'm Is not he saying better he's than ever Malachi be- Flynn, honestly huh? I, and put my raptors fandom aside because pritchard went three spots before malachi would you rather have peyton pritchard or malachi flynn and the only reason See, I ask that because Peyton, the Peyton Pritchard prick is getting crushed. That's so funny because uh, Zach Wilson, who you guys know, yep. me and Zach talked about how um, when you group players, you group, uh, I like to group them into families. And Peyton Pritchard and Malachi Flynn would definitely be in the Fred Van Fleet family. Right. Like, hey, they're that style of player. Um I prefer Flynn just because he has a little bit more dog, I guess is dog is probably the best way to say it. Yep. Like, uh, yo, I'm going to get after you and you're going to, you're going to feel my presence, whether it's for 30 minutes a game or I'm a rookie fighting for 12, you're going to feel my presence out there. So then understanding where the Boston Celtics are at, Rob, are you taking the over or the under 45 and a half? It's a big ticket. So last year they won 48 games and this is a pace for 52. I'm going to go with the over and say that Hmm. uh, it was a little addition by subtraction by losing Gordon Hayward. Um, 
those Enos Canner minutes, you can just give those anywhere because they are just so dangerous. They're tough. They're so tough. I'm gonna go with the over, but I'm also like Jason Tatum MVP. Like I'm obsessed with that guy. Oh my man, he's unbelievable. What's not? And he grew two inches apparently. Which can't so hurt. I'm I'm over. I, Rob, I don't get this team. I don't. I I, I love Brown and Tatum. I think they're both incredible. I, I like Tice, Marcus Smart. Obviously, you know, speaking of dogs, like that guy, he, you oh, feel his he presence. Killed for, us. You feel his presence for better or for worse every single time that he is on the court, right? That is and this team feels like a problem in the playoffs. Their depth does scare me in the regular season, you know, especially with Kemba missing time. You're going to see a lot of Jeff Teague, and that feels problematic to me at this point in his career. I, I, I was a Jeff Teague defender during the Atlanta days. I loved what he brought to the court. But, you know, we're talking, you know, Neesmith, the Williams, Tristan Thompson, Ojale, Pritchard. 52-win pace to me is wild. This is a lock under for me. Ian, where are you? Ooh. Ooh. Well, okay. So let me and again in the playoffs. Play. If they're like a six or six seed, I am shitting my pants if I'm the three seed. Oh, you have oh, play this team. respect for them. You think they're a six seed? Well, if we're gonna, there's six really good teams in the East, so they someone's going to have to be there. And I think that they're going to be in that five six to me. Yeah, I do. I I think they're a three four. I mean, Tatum Tatum to me is too scary of a player. And I you know I obviously injury or COVID notwithstanding, right? You know, and that's why I've, I do have under for a lot of these strictly based off how tough the scheduling is going to be. And everything's so unpredictable with COVID, right? Um, I just want to paint a little picture really quick. Kemba has three years and about $108 million left on that deal. And we're not sure what his knee situation is at all. Boston is keeping that shit like really, really tight. Where are we ranking that in terms of worst contracts in the league? Because... It's getting scary. And remember, this is a 5'10", 5'11", 6-foot guard, okay? This is not a big player. Those guys traditionally don't age all that well. I have a feeling you can't slander Kemba Walker to Rob Shaw. I I just have a feeling. Okay, I just want to make sure because hitting big shots at Madison Square Garden, I thought would, you know, hit the feels a little bit. No, no, no. I love what he did in college, but... He's a long way from UConn. Russ and Wall are still in the league. I know they got traded for each other, but they're still around. So true. Those two contract crown is safe. Yep. (laughs) But like, it's, that's a lot. That is a lot lot of money for a dude who I know I, I could comfortably say he's probably my third best player. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even comfortably healthy too. Yeah, like even at his best, it's Tatum, Brown. And then like sometimes you're like, is Marcus Smart more important than yes. this guy? Importance a very key word. Against there, the Rob. Raptors, he absolutely was in the playoffs. Although Kemba in the fourth quarter from time to time. And so so here's what I here's what I, the picture I want to paint. So I agree with you. I think losing Hayward actually could end up benefiting them because it means that Tatum gets more playmaking. And I think that for him is the step that's gonna elevate him to are we talking about a top 10 player, top eight player? I think that's going to be the next step for him. But I think losing him for nothing with the, I mean, they got a trade exception. Congratulations. But, you know, you got him, you lost him for nothing. So 
that is a really frightening pattern for what's happening in Boston with their age in the asset management. And remember that this, this used to be a situation where, you know, Danny Ainge had such a, a such a, a rich asset pool that Sam Presti got a half chub looking at it. And now where we are is we're in a place where all of those picks, are you ready to see, are you ready to hear who those picks turned into? So we have from the Jeff Green trade with Memphis, Aaron Neesmith. We have from the Tatum trade, the Tatum trade down. You got Tatum. That's a win. But the extra pick ended up being Romeo Langford. We don't know. Uh, the we know. Rondo. We pick, know. No, 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 we, we, we know. know. Yeah. We know. Yeah, we know. Okay. So the Rondo pick ended up being Gershon Yabuselli, who went 11 picks before Pascal Siakam. And then the Doc Rivers trade was RJ Hunter. And the first pick from the KG Paul Pierce trade ended up being James Young. And all of that equaled zero finals appearances. At some point, at some point, we have to look at Boston and look at the situation with the depth and say, this is why I have under. So we move on. Wait, wait, can I rebut real quick? You can. Yes, yes, you absolutely can. The fact that you have to mention that they had to trade their coach is nuts. (laughs) Trading your coach is wild. (laughs) Second of all, James Young, a Kentucky disappointment, went number uh, 14. I like that. Um, Romeo Langford, number 14. Like, they're just not hitting on those picks. I do have very high hopes for uh, Aaron Naismith. Another guy, 14. Have you ever seen that guy shoot the basketball? Oh, it's poetry. It's That thing could melt butter. It's, oh, man. So I just think... As a shooter, he has something, but like they're not nailing these back end lotto picks in, say, the same way the Miami Heat are. Right. And And I get that the lottery, the back end, sorry, Sean, the back end lottery picks are really hard. There's a reason why teams don't typically nail them. Miami, what Miami's done between Bam and Hero, I mean, is unbelievable, belongs in a museum. But I think, again, I think the point is, is that there was an opportunity. You know, they took one swing, Kyrie, it didn't work out there was an opportunity to package that stuff and go get somebody. And Danny has been reluctant to do so. And I think now you're seeing why that's been a problem. And yet Boston apologists will sit there and say, we got Tatum and Brown. We're good. Right. That, that's what they would sit there and Maybe say. Maybe that's all that and, matters. And you got, they had this Memphis pick that was rolling over every year because they kept doing better than they were supposed to be doing. It's just, it's difficult with that. And you're picking 14th. Giannis isn't falling to you every single time. But with that said, all you can have is the results. Speaking of potential results, let's get to the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. They have a 45.5 over under. That is a 52 win pace. So the same as Boston, the over is minus 115. The under is minus 115. I'm going to go first here, boys. This one's, this one's tough, only because we've never seen this team. But if you just look at the sum of its parts, you'd have to think this is a clear over. I'm a firm believer that teams like this take time to mesh. There's a lot of evidence for that. You, you know, the, the Heatles, you know, Nate, pick any team that's put together. Last year's Clippers. Last year's oh. Clippers. Pick any team that you can think <laughs> Still of. Still not that, figured out. That they bring in superstar talent and try and mesh it together. It takes time other than the Durant Warriors because of that infrastructure. What I do like about this team and I know I'm in the minority here. Is I and frankly, Kawhi Raptors, for the record. Yeah, but what they again, they're the kind of yes, they are the exception of the rule because this guy sat out 18 games in the season and they still went, 
you know, 14 and four. Um, what I do like is that they didn't trade all of their infrastructure for another middling superstar or potentially James Harden. James Harden obviously is a little bit exception to the rule, but they, they're coming into kind of a set team, a set culture. They haven't won anything, but they do have a lot of depth. So in the playoffs, am I sure what they're going to be? No, I'm not. But I do like my chances with Kevin Durant. A five of Kyrie, Lavert, Harris, Durant, and it should be Jared Allen, but because DJ's best friends with Kyrie and Durant, it's probably going to be DJ. That's really, really good. Like, really freaking good. And Who in that group defends anybody? Oh, well, but like then, anybody. But you can get to their bench for things like that with Torian Prince and Bruce Brown, who I really like. Like, they can, they can mix in some of that. To be fair to your point, though, Lavert, Harris, Kyrie, all subpar defenders, right? All it, guys who make like 17 million or more. They're going to be with, on the court at the end of the game. With all, and with all that said, a lot of band-aids here, right? But I'm still pushing a slight over. The bottom of the East is not good. It's, it's just not. So they're in that top six. And I like their talent, especially with Kevin Durant, to carry them to an over here that's and, and I know I'm kind of going against myself when I said that the Celtics aren't going to with a guy like Tatum I just think that Durant's a step ahead even after an Achilles injury I'm taking the over Rob do you agree or disagree I'm gonna disagree here I think I have the Nets in the NBA finals like that is mm. my team out of the east wow but Kyrie and Durant's injury history. We have a brand new coach. And the difference between the Raptors that added Kawhi or the Warriors that added Durant, it was the core was there. It was adding a big piece. Um, for the Warriors, it was they simply added a big piece and removed Harrison Barnes. Um, your Raptors removed a franchise cornerstone. But like the upgrade was so stark and the change in style of play wasn't super drastic. Like he shoots more threes, but like from a usage perspective, it was sort of plug and play. Only this guy's dramatically better. I understand you. This Katie and Kyrie thing is going to take time to gel. And I need to see, I need to see more from the other guys. Like I need to know, how does Dimwitty feel like? What is his role? Um, are we going to use Landry Shamit? Because I really want to use Landry Shamit. Oh, I, I really want to see addition. a lot out of him. I have very high expectations and hopes for him. I think the net saving grace is that nobody has ever been better at meshing personalities than Steve Nash. And maybe that was an effect of him being on the court and having the ball and knowing who needs to get fed but I'm going to bet on his, some of that translates into coaching. So I'm a slight under though. Really quick before we get to Ian, you mentioned the Kawhi upgrade over DeMar DeRozan, and you can even argue the Kawhi upgrade over OG as he was hurt for most of the year and, and dealt with some personal issues that season as well. Can't you argue that the Kevin Durant upgrade at power forward over Caruso is so chasmous that this changes your, your argument, even in the slightest? to push you to the over. I just think it's not like Kyrie's Cal Ripken Jr. He's, he's not an Iron Man. No, like, he's not. 
it's even like I don't expect a major injury and you never hope for that, but I do think Nixon next here or rest game there. I, I just see them like I see this team as a team that doesn't think the regular season matters as much as long as they're gelling and playing their best basketball come playoff time. Okay. Well, we had the same argument for the Lakers, and that's why we both took the Lakers under as well, was for that exact reason. So, Ian, go ahead. Jump in. As a result of those fears, and you make a great point about Kyrie not being Calrican Jr., if I was the Nets, I would be on the phone with Houston today, and I would say, look, let's scratch the Levert and all of our stuff thing for Harden. Here's Kyrie. I'll make. I'll throw in Dinwiddie to make it match and bring me back Harden. Because with Harden, you can say a lot of things about James Harden. You know he's going to be on the court. And, you know, I, I think James got a lot of flack for his defense early in his career and even middling into his career in Houston. But he's gotten a little better than people would expect, particularly in the post because he's a fire hydrant. You can't move him. So I would like someone like that rather than Kyrie in that spot so I just want to get that out there if it were me I instead of the Levert package because you're never going to get there here's Kyrie make someone come beat you here's my issue with the Nets is that I and I sort of got to this with Sean Bruce Brown who's going to play eight minutes a night is not enough of a defensive upgrade to fix the entire roster right everyone on the roster with the exception of Brown and Allen who's average is a below average or horrible defensive player. Well, that's I not fair. To, that's not fair to Durant. That's that, what before before his injury, I, that guy was like I, in the running for defensive player of the year. Completely agree. He tore his Achilles, so we're gonna have to see a what are the reps like on it. B what's the effort like when he's coming back, and see how much of that lateral quick is actually still there. But hey, if we want to label him as average, I'm for now. I'm fine with that. We just don't have a lot of guys. So when we get into a battle with Boston. Who in God's name is checking Jason Tatum? I don't is know it Durant? I don't know who's guarding Jason Tatum, but I know that there's two bad dudes on the other end that you're not going to want to guard either. Like I think I they're going to try and punch you in the face. And that's every why. Down. That's why. I like but at least season. at least I can. That's go, why I like them during the least, season where they're not dialed in all the time. But on at least defense. I can go. I can say, Hey, Marcus, you remember when Kyrie was mean to you that one time? All right, I want you to go chase him around. You know, like at least I have that option. So to me, I would rather be Boston than I'd be Brooklyn strictly because of the one-dimensional, the one the, the way that the team is one-dimensional. I'm not sure how they fix that. With that said, um, I have under here too. I think it's going to take a while and I think there's some injury stuff. Um, you know, I love getting Landry Shamit. I don't understand why they let Garrett Temple go. I, I like, I'd rather have Garrett Temple than Jeff Green. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go under here as well. You know why they got Jeff Green. The same oh, reason DeAndre the, Jordan's oh, a starter. <laughs> All the boys, bringing them back together. Yeah, the boys are back in town. Well, boys, speaking of being back in town, we do have four really, really bad teams right in a row. So let's try and gain some time on the podcast by, let's see if we can get through some of these. The Charlotte Hornets are 25 and a half for their over under. The pace in a regular 82 game season is 29. The over is minus 150. The under is plus 115. Ian, let's throw to you here first. Who do you have? What do you have for the Charlotte Hornets? Look, Charlotte doesn't get me excited. The only thing that does is watching LaMelo Ball throw behind the back passes and go 0 for 8 every night. 
Um, and those uniforms, those uniforms are a work of art. You know, I think the Gordon Hayward signing was ridiculous. Okay, let's not get that twisted. But he is an upgrade over what they had, a significant one. So, you know, they're basically replacing, I don't even know who was playing the three last year, PJ, PJ Washington and Miles Bridges were basically flipping back and forth. So yeah, both those guys are fours in my book. So Hayward is an upgrade over both those guys, no matter what you think, particularly in the playmaking side, Devontae Graham and Rozier could play off the ball. It could be okay. Now they're, they're at a 29 win pace right now. I think they're going to beat up on the Clevelands, New York's and all those shit teams in the East. I like the over here. I don't feel great about it, but I like the over here. I'm with you hundred percent. Everything that you said, I agree with. I, 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 there's not much more to add here. And I feel like I know them better than any team, other team in the NBA right now because of the Raptors playing them twice in, in three nights. Um, I, I kind of like them. I don't like them to make the playoffs, but literally I have in my Those notes. Those jerseys are so sick. And I, think, and I think their coach genuinely has his act together. Everything you said, it, it, I have nothing to add. Their de- other than their defense is going to be atrocious. But I like their offense to carry them through to enough wins to get the over. Rob, do you agree with the with the Stans brothers? Or are you uh, are you going against us? I think the Hornets suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. Like, <laughs> I think I'm an under here. Like, I like there's the unders plus one fifteen too. It's good. It, that's good number. There, there's pieces here for like this is the perfect poachable team. Like, if you wanted to shore up your rotation before the playoffs like you would just come to the hornets and just be like yo this is seventh eighth man heaven like oh my <laughs> god i would love Devonte graham to come in and be my spark Ooh. plug off the bench yes yo let's kick the tires on malik monk uh, okay. pj washington's probably not a championship level starter but man, i like him he's your th- if he's your third big this is a good t- like this is eighth man heaven. I'm I'm just an under. Like I when I look at the number, when I see 25.5, I think this is doable. But then I look at the pace and I'm like, wait, in a regular season, I'd be betting on these dudes to win almost 30 games. Nah, I'm cool. The Chicago Bulls, 29 and a half is the over under. The pace is 34 over is minus 105. The under is minus 125. Rob, are you going over or under here? I might just be Mr. Under. Like when I think a team is bad, like it's it's the 34. Like it's just as a matter of fact, wait, no, I changed my mind. I'm an over. Yes, really? let's go. What? Me too. I'm an over. Why? They made this little coaching change and it just hit me. And I'm in. Billy Donovan, I'm in. <laughs> Over Jim Boylan all day. And Garpax is gone. Billy Donovan is worth, they won 22 games last year. He's worth Billy 13. Donovan, huh? He's worth 13 wins? No, I, I'm going with he's worth the eight that yes, I, that's I right. need. Yes, that's right. You're right. He's worth the eight that I need, plus uh, the advancement of Kobe White. And I did a Bulls pod uh, with uh, Matt Gentile. And, like, the way this dude sold me on Wendell Carter, like, I, I had to, yes, like, sir. stop from writing Wendell Carter in for most improved on my uh, Playgrounder ballot. So I'm just expecting, like, just give me the Billy Donovan stock. 
I see. I'm shocked. I I thought that you and I were going to be lockstep on this, Rob. This is an under for me. This is ridiculous that this is what that it's 29 and a half. 29 and a half for what? I, I like Kobe White, but Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., I, I, Lori Markin and Wendell Carter. Like we've talked about band aids, band aids across the board. Like you may be, may be missing four of your starting five by February. Uh, and their depth, I, I tried to add names. It is Sadoransky, Denzel Valentine, and Archie Diakono. That's their depth. Full stop. No, 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 no. no. Hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They use the number four pick on Patrick Williams. He's going to get some run. We don't know what some. he is yet. He's yeah. going to get run. I like that they brought in Garrett Temple. I think Garrett Temple is a solid vet. Thaddeus Young is a backup four. Is not the worst. Okay, like, look. Those Thaddeus Young is an NBA rotation player. Thomas Sadoransky is an NBA rotation player. So are Garrett Temple and Denzel Valentine. I think this team is a, hang on, this team is a little better than what you're giving it credit for. Because remember, all of these numbers they put up, they did it with A, the worst coach in basketball. Agreed. Without question. Agreed. Okay. The worst front office in basketball with Garpax. And, you know, we're not, we haven't seen Markin and Wendell Carter play together don't exactly. get bogged down don't get bogged down by levine and porter i understand why those guys would bog you down but kobe white marketing and carter is genuinely exciting i don't think they're a playoff team this is an over slam dunk lock it no in. it's an over. no no they are most certainly not a playoff team like that that's what we know i don't think they are either, that's what we can are over i'd really like marketing i i'd like wendell carter i i really do this you're not going over with Zach Levine on your team. You're just not. Not with that usage rate. Not with his efficiency. Zero percent chance. This is a lock under lock. And I can't wait to have you both back on the pod. Oh, I can't wait to, to collect. Fucking glow. I cannot and wait. To I can't believe that you guys are like, oh Charlotte. I can't believe Charlotte. We're talking about their number, but the Chicago Bulls. Let's get all fucking hot and heavy about this number. This is. Re- I can't believe this. You guys are. So you're crazy. not going to do two times NCAA champion Billy Donovan like this. Billy Donovan's a damn good coach. He yeah, should he is a good if coach. Nick, if Nick Nurse didn't wasn't like historically unbelievable last year, then Billy Donovan was the slam dunk, no doubt, coach of the year. I can't. And that's what they replaced the worst coach in the league with. We just talked about how the upgrade from someone like like whoever the hell Brooklyn's three was last year, Torian Prince, I guess, to Kevin Durant. That's a huge jump. We are talking about a similar jump between Jim Boylan and Billy Donovan. Uh, I think you guys are going way too far in the Billy Donovan train. I think you guys are going way too far, <laughs> way too far. Guy was great at Florida. What else has he done? Like let Russell Westbrook get a triple double for the, for his entire career. Okay. Like let's, let's calm down. Let's just calm down on the Billy Donovan train. The Cleveland, I almost called them the Browns and the Indians in the same sentence. The Cleveland Cavaliers are 22 and a half. That's a 26 win pace. Over is minus 110. The under is minus 120. Rob, are you going under again? Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. Me too. There like we go. It's, we it's agree. Just, like, it's... <laughs> it's the worst team in the league. This is a lock under for me. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Like, the most exciting dude on the roster is just getting arrested. He may or may not have had COVID. Like, 
the one dude that like when I look at them, oh god, Matt's gonna be so mad. Matt from the Playgrounder loves Darius Garland. Oh, why? He, he just loves him. Like like an article every month on Garland, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, Kevin Porter Jr. is over there. Is he in jail though? Is Porter in jail currently? I, I don't know what I don't know either. I've been trying to find out for our, our dynasty pool. That I can't guy find is out. So electric. And then I'm like, he's the only one I get excited about when I think about them. I mean, like Okoro's cool, but yep. he's never gonna move the needle for me because as much as I love the analytics of the game and all that other jazz, I liked basketball before I could ever talk about it or write about it, because that shit's fun. You know mm-hmm. what I see when Kevin Porter's on the court? Hey, that guy's having fun. Mm-hmm. Here, here's where I'm at. The team defense is an utter disaster. That backcourt with Garland and Sexton is never going to work, period, full stop. And with their size, they're just never going to be able to guard anyone. And the problem is Garland and Sexton both need the ball. And Sexton definitely needs the ball. It, it's just never going to work. What's Kevin Love's health? They still have like a trillion centers. For some reason, they added Thon Maker and JaVale McGee. This is an under lock, 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 lock. And I think the coach is still Bickerstaff, right? I believe so. so. Yeah. Congratulations on that, Cleveland. Two disgruntled older players, no depth, two guards who can't play together. They've won a total of 19 basketball. Sorry, they've won 19 basketball games each of the past two seasons. And your best defensive player is a guy that's like 19. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be fine, but it's an under. Yeah, I I don't have a pick for this, so I'm excited to hear what you guys think. This is the team of my youth. The Detroit Pistons are a 23 and a half over under 27 win pace. The over is minus 105. The under is minus 125. Ian, was there any more confusing team this offseason than the Pistons? Well, no. Okay, let me give you let me give you the in and out just for please just for. Just, just so you guys know, in Killian Hayes, who, by the way, is my rookie of the year pick. Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, DeLon Wright, Daznan Musa, for some reason, Rodney Magruder, for some reason, Jeremy Grant, for a lot of money, Mason Plumlee, for a lot of money, Jalil Okafor, because you can't have too many centers, and Josh Jackson, who they and, give guaranteed dollars to. And that's after bringing in Tony Bradley on draft night to make them be the winners of draft night with the, with the Killian Hayes pick, the Sadiq Bay pick that just what they did. Oh God rattles me. Yeah. Sorry, they got something you. for Luke Kennard, which I think is good work. Uh, and then out <laughs> Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, Tony Snell, Christian Wood. Why, why are we paying Plumlee to let Christian Wood go? This is so stupid. Ridiculous. And then they lost on maker, which apparently matters. Okay. Hayes is the rookie of the year. That I'm putting in, I think that's in stone. His usage is going to be crazy. And I actually think he's a gifted player. I think him and Blake could have a little something. Um, I, I think if Blake is good, here you can look at this two ways, right? Because if Blake is good, oh, maybe they'll win more games. But I, I choose to look at it from the standpoint of if Blake is good and healthy, he's getting traded. Because all of a sudden, that horrible contract only is one more year after this one. It's not as scary. You know, I like Jeremy Grant for Denver. I don't like him here because he's going to play a lot of three. You know, I I like DeLon Wright. I think he was a sneaky good addition. They have some good enough vets between Rose, Wright, and those guys and Blake. I I just don't know how Casey makes makes this all make sense. This is an under. Go ahead, Rob. And and to, to, to take words out of our friend Rob's mouth, they suck. 
this is the under of all unders and it's not <laughs> first of all why are you paying for denver's backup bigs like when did you who looked at them in the bubble and was like yo need, those need guys were starters or if we just threw the bag at them they said if we throw the bag at these guys we're in the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes. And to your point about Blake, I think the same thing about Derrick Rose or any mm-hmm. vet that has any tinge of value. Like, we're just in asset gathering mode in Detroit. Yeah. So, yo, Blake has been hooping. Oh, you want him? Send us a couple picks. Oh, man, you guys really need to shore up that uh, that point guard position. You need a playmaker. Yo, Derrick Rose is available. Send a couple picks. Yeah. And I I think they're just all in on like the youth movement. I think that's why they got DeLon right too. It was for that exact reason. If he, if he plays enough, plays well. I like DeLon. He can net you a couple second round picks or or maybe maybe a prospect. I agree with you. I like DeLon right too. But like their closing five is going to be Hayes, Rose, Wright, Grant and Griffin. And I just I said so you I gave twenty eight million dollars to Mason Plumley to not close games for you. Yes. What the? What are you doing? I have no idea. We came out of draft night, Ian. We we literally watched it. We streamed it. We did the I whole. Thought they thing. were a winner, and they were they absolutely were. They had Tony Bradley on their team for twenty four hours, and then they signed Plumley, Jaleel Okafor, and and they drafted a center. So, yeah, Isaiah Stewart's a center. That's right. Yeah. So, I liked him, Julia. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good. I do. I. I and I. They have players on this team that I root for. I root for Jalon Wright. I root for. I root for Blake Griffin. I root for Derrick Rose. I, like I even I root for Mason Plumlee. I know you don't, but I, I kind of like him. It's an under. It has to be. The it guy fucks up a switch. It, it costs Denver a game, and Detroit's like, I need that guy. Need it. Need it's ridiculous. It. It, has, it has to be an under. So we're all in on the unders. <laughs> Indiana. Now we get to the meat and potatoes of the podcast here, Rob. Indiana, 39.5 win total. 45 win pace. The over is minus 120. The under is minus 110. On paper, I really like this team. But this is another one that I don't have a pick for. I'm leaning one way, but I want to hear your answer first, Rob. So... They're on, uh, it's 39.5. Yeah. On pace for 45 wins. That's right. How many did they win last year? 45. I I have it. You don't even have to look. Perfect. 45 and what would be 70 games, 70, 72 games. Like, I want to say the under, but then I want to say the under because I don't know what Victor Oladipo is coming back. But if they're on the same pace as last year, we didn't know what Vic was last year either. The same team. It's the same exact team in the same exact spot, except in the bubble, it looked like TJ Warren might have taken a step forward. <laughs> and there's play, you expect player growth from the young kids. I love the youngest holiday brother, Aaron. Me too. Like, I'm a sucker for Aaron Holiday. So, if oh, me too. That's my guy. Growth there. And it's not like, Sabonis and Turner are over the hill. Like they're still young guys with room to improve. Mm-hmm. Vegas would let me do a push. I, I'll take the over, but I, I'm not happy about it either way. I'm not convinced Here, yet. I'm not convinced. Here's yet. my Go here's ahead, my concern. 
My concern is that I believe that Oladipo in Indiana is finished. And I think that Kevin Pritchard is no dummy. And I think that he's going to be looking to move Vic. Now, hey, if that gets me more Aaron Holiday playing with Malcolm Brogdon, I'm cool with that. Do they look to, do they finally break up Turner and Sabonis? You know, it, it just looked like this offseason, they really, really wanted to, to maybe not blow it up because I don't think you can touch Sabonis, Holiday, or Brogdon. But I think they wanted to sort of retool it. They fired Nate McMillan for some reason. Right after um, they extended him. Yeah, for which ridiculous, right? They hired our boy Nate from Toronto, and I hope he crushes it. But I, I just don't – I don't know. I, I know it's the same team, but I think, I think it's risky. You're pairing a new coach with a roster that was built to sort of play a little slower, and I think Nate's going to want to play a little faster. And I think that Pritchard's going to look to move one of those two guys. So I'm with you. It's the exact same team. I think 45 is right. That where it is, right? 45 win pace is right where they are. That's kind of right where they should be. But I have under just because of the trade possibilities. And by the way, they got Cassius Stanley in the second round. I like that. It's a nice, it's a nice grab. Yeah. So with the starting five of Brogdon, Oladipo, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner... Depth, obviously, the holidays. Aaron and Justin, Jeremy Lamb, the real McBuckets, basketball. Yeah. and TJ McConnell. That's depth to carry you in the regular season. Yeah, You have to think, right? But you guys are kind of already mentioned the, the, the issues that I have with this team. It, it's the same lineup issues that they had last year because that's the starting five. That's not the closing five. Turner's not closing games for this team, Sabonis says. So where does that leave Turner? You have to think that he's on the outs he's got if, if you get a good offer you got to take it which is why i'm still shocked that gordon hayward is playing basketball in charlotte this year and not in indiana how could boston and indiana not look at what they both have and need and go we can make this happen there, there couldn't be a concession there i don't know well turner turner's got 54 million left on his contract that's a lot oh and by the way clint capella makes 18 million a year i looked it up i completely forgot to mention it so not 17 it's even worse than we so thought. so you know i i understand that with turner like it used you know it was it's kind of a good contract but then if you don't like turner it's not a good contract and look like here's the thing with indiana too they go on the west coast early 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 in the season so let's say they go six and ten right let's say how they start does pritchard get antsy that's my concern so to me I was leaning over, but I also have seen what, I, what I've picked for the rest of these. Enough teams have to go under, and I have a lot of overs coming up. So the, the top of the East is better than it was last year. Mm-hmm. So I think that will knock them down a couple of spots. Continuity, I don't think, is going to play here. I think it's going to be the under as well, but I think it's going to be really I don't feel good about it. I, I don't yeah. either. I think That's you go either way. That's how I feel about my over. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think, I I think it's it. the perfect number for them. The Miami Heat, NBA finalists, 44 and a half. The pace is 51. The over is plus 105. The under is minus 135. Look, I'm not in love with their offseason, right? They, I'm not the biggest Crowder fan, but he provided them with real flexibility when they mm-hmm. moved band to center. And sure. I don't think Harkless can replace that. I, I I don't really feel like I'm going out on the biggest of limbs by saying that. There are five, Drogic, Robinson, Butler, 
Harkless and Bam. You probably, if you want to slide Hero in there for your closing five, that's really small. Your depth of Hero, Nunn, Iggy, Myers, Leonard, Olenek, Precious. 44 and a half is a lot. But last year they had a winning percentage of 603. So that would have put them on a 43 and a half win pace this year. And that's with all the issues that they had last year. I think they were one of the they were a terrible road team last year. I'm going to give them a one and a half win bump for what they figured out in the bubble. I'm going to. I'm not confident in it, but I believe in this team's progression to get the over slightly. Ian, do you agree? I have one question for both of you guys. Is Bam the full-time center? Do they ditch the Myers-Leonard thing where he plays center? He starts the game at center. Is Bam a full-time center? Rob, you go first. When it matters, Bam is a full-time center. Um, NBA players are people in certain times, like even though it doesn't make sense to anybody else in the outside world, you give the concession of Anthony Davis. No, you're the power forward. Dwight starts at center. We would never. But when like push comes to shove, yeah, you're the center and we're putting LeBron and three shooters out there with you. Push Same comes thing to, with Bam. Push comes to shove, he's their center. But to answer your question, no, he is not going to play exclusively at center. He is going to play some power forward minutes. Because here's the interesting part, right? Hero was this revelation in the bubble. And he deserves it. The kid was like 19 like bawling on the biggest stage. I think they probably have to at least consider, right? Like one of Dragic or Hero has to start. So unless unless they're going Leonard, I have to think it's going to be Harkless at the four. I think Bam is the full-time center. And if Bam is the full-time center, that team, that Miami Heat version is straight murdering people. And like... I'm sorry, that's over. <laughs> if he's the center, it's an over. Rob, what do you think? I think Vegas tricked people. I think Vegas said, yo, man, people are going to bang this over. Like, wherever we said it, they're going to have faith because these guys were just in the finals. Mm-hmm. Vegas, you're not getting me. I'm going to take the under. Ooh, I like that. I think this team is very matchup dependent like in the playoff like they're built for the playoffs like where Spolstra can get like the good advanced scout and this is what they like to run and Bam and Jimmy Butler are drinking Jimmy's overpriced coffee in the film room and then I have concerns about Drogic seems to be like Jimmy's the leader but Drogic seems to have a lot of pull there and him not playing early does give me some concerns so you're rolling with the under on the NBA finalists. Yeah. Vegas, I was close. Vegas but isn't ba- getting Vegas is But if getting Bam off. was at center, but if Bam was at center, I don't know. So we talked about Milwaukee earlier, boys. The Wait, over- you didn't give us your over-under on the heat. Oh, yeah. I- I'm taking the over. I'm okay. taking the over. Um, yeah, I think that what they proved, a one-and-a-half game bump for them, overwinning percentage, I think, is realistic. So I'm going to roll with the over. Let's move with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's pace is 58. The real number is 51. The over is plus 120. The under is minus 160. To speaking to Vegas, Rob, 
Vegas is begging you to take the over here. Are you going to take the over 51 total wins? The real question here is, am I going to take the over on myself watching 14.5 <laughs> bucks games? <laughs> because they're, they're so good that you have to watch them as somebody who wants to cover the league. But I told you, I hate the way these guys play. I think they play the most yucky looking basketball, not from a team standpoint. I just mean like there is just no sauce involved. But they're an easy over for me. They're mm. they're regular season killers. I might even lock them. Lock. So I had them as a lock yesterday, and I talked to my brother about this. So there is a seven sixty seven winning percentage. So that would be worth fifty five wins, right? That's absurd. But the more I looked at it, I I just don't know. Their 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 depth is just gone. It's just completely gone. So who's your closing five, right? Drew, Middleton, and Giannis are out there for sure. Then who? DiVincenzo, Portis, Torrey Craig, Lopez, Bryn Forbes. Is he cracking to your closing five? He better not. Not even Bryn Forbes' family thinks he should be cracking to the starting five. I've said this throughout the process. You need depth in the regular season. We saw this for years with the Raptors. You need depth in the COVID regular season, brother. Not not even just the COVID regular season. We saw this for years with the Raptors, where they had depth so that they would win regular season games, and then we overvalued that depth going into the playoffs, where in the playoffs, that depth does not play because you are going seven, maybe eight deep. I think that might be the case here. I think that I think Drew seriously upgrades their closing five in the playoffs. This one's tough. I think I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I'm, I'm falling for Vegas's tricks. I'm taking the under. Ian, where are you going? I was an under lock before today. But now that Giannis has signed that distractions out of the way, I have a feeling this team can play real free and real easy. And, you know, you mentioned the depth. Let's look at who's out. Bledsoe, George Hill, who I wish they would have kept. Wes Matthews, Sterling Brown, Robin Lopez, Erlson Ilyasova, and Marvin Williams. Over the past two playoff runs, all of those players were in the playoff rotation at one point or another. So here is why Milwaukee's so difficult. Bud is going to play Bud Ball. So Giannis is going to play 32 minutes a night. Who's spelling those minutes, right? Like, what are we looking at? But is the upgrade from Drew so drastic and is the Giannis pressure so freeing for them that it doesn't matter? I, I, that's the problem with Milwaukee. Like, if Giannis hadn't signed today, I was locking the under. 58 wins is a lot, though. If they get one injury, they are completely boned. I'm sticking with my gut. I'm going to roll with the under here, too. Vegas got me. God dang it. Well, we have two teams that even their own fan bases don't want to talk about. So let's fly through these quickly. The New York Knicks, their over-under is 23 and a half. That's a 27-win pace, over minus Ooh, 125, under 105. If you got takes, Ian, jump in. Let's go. I got takes. I think this is an over. I think the Knicks are garbage. Let's get that out of the way. They are garbage. The you one the thing over? About, the one thing about Tom For Thibodeau. the New York Knicks. The one thing about Tom Thibodeau is that he's going to coach his balls off. So whatever players he deems are the best, and there's not a lot of them, I think he's going to run those dudes into the ground. 
Obi Toppin's already fun. Um, you know, they finally have some guards that all don't do the same thing. Like I'm not, you're not going to get me on this podcast talking about Alec Burks and Austin Rivers getting excited. But I think when you're talking about guys like Alfred Payton, um, who's the French kid? I can never remember his Frank name. Frank Nidalekina. That guy. Those dudes, they're the same player. So they stopped doing this whole thing where, hey, all we're going to do is bring in failed lottery picks and try and revive them because we don't have any of our own. They, I think, It looks like they finally stopped doing that. So gone is Mario Hazonia's of the world and all in that group. So I like Obi Toppin. I think... <laughs> I think I, I think that Tibbs is going to use Mitchell Robinson in a way that's better because Mitchell's frankly their best player. Um, oh, that's mean to RJ. Oh, Mitchell Robinson is blatantly their best player. I have major, major RJ concerns. Now, they didn't help him, but I still have major RJ concerns. I think the Knicks are over here only because when the Knicks are, like, not a toilet dumpster fire, like – I don't know. The league's more fun and I'm here for fun. This is a lot. 24 wins. 24 wins to get it. Go ahead, Rob, you jump in. Well, 24 wins is still a dumpster fire, but just because you took the over doesn't mean it's not a dumpster fire. (laughs) Fair. Very fair. Very Um, fair. You think Mitchell Robinson is their best player. Nerlens Noel has been the starter. And then you mentioned how much you like Obi Toppin. Julius like Randle's still in front of him. Oh, right. I so they can't Randall. even get out of their way to play the youth. Like the most exciting players on their team are buried behind two guys I'm very familiar with. I'm a Kentucky guy. Doesn't matter. Ship them out. Like you want to see if uh, your front, your future front court is RJ, Obi, and Mitchell Robinson. But instead we're looking at Nerlens Noel we're going to see so many nasty Austin Rivers, James Harden impersonations. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes. I'm already disgusted at the thought. This dude's own father said, nah, we probably shouldn't sign him. <laughs> this is an under. This is a lock under. This team wants to be bad on purpose, which is fine. Be bad on purpose. Does Tibbs know how? It doesn't matter. He doesn't have the personnel to be good. I- I'm sorry. Like, to, oh, uh, wait, uh, wait, was he the coach in Minnesota when they got number one? Uh, for been. Wiggins? Cat, for Cat. He was not the coach when they got Cat, but when they made the playoffs, it was him and Jimmy. Him and Jimmy, right. Okay. okay. I don't think Tibbs knows how to be bad, man. I- I'm going to well, say... he's going to learn. New York will teach him. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a lock under. And I also can say That's it's a lock, lock under man. while also not shitting on their offseason. Like they didn't do what we've seen the Knicks do, which is like overpay Marcus Morris or go and match and try and give Bogdan Bogdanovich a max salary contract because give he's Julius an auto Randall bucket. Three years. I don't understand why he got three years. Again, different. I'm, I'm going to be a Knicks apologist here. Different regime doing different things. This I, to I me, don't mind Alec Burks though. All right, we're we're, okay. we're we're grasping at hairs here. He's okay, and you're taking the over 23 and a half. Hell that yeah, is I'm taking crazy the crazy to me. This is a lock under another <laughs> fan base that doesn't even want to talk about their team. The Orlando Magic, 32 is their over under. The that is a 36 win pace. The over is even money. The under is minus 150. Ooh. Rob, jump in. I, I just don't know what there is to get excited about in Orlando. Like, can we just get Nick Vucevic out of this hell? Yes. He, he's just been sitting in purgatory for so long, and I don't even know what he did. 
Like, why was he sentenced to the magic? He signed a contract. On accident. (laughs) He didn't know it was going to be like this. He'd be a good Raptor, actually. Like, this is another team, like, with, oh, my God, can we – what's the opposite of expansion? Retraction? Yeah, can, can we retract some teams and just, like, spread more talent amongst the league? Like, there's plenty of teams that'd be like, Yo, I'd love to get Aaron Gordon or Vucevic free Aaron Gordon. Yes, sir. Like, there's teams that would just love Evan Fournier, and like, here he is, just wasting around. Like, the worst thing to be in the NBA is like mediocre. Like, you're not picking high, and you're not a championship contender. And the Magic just live there. Like, they're like, this is the greatest place ever. And yet, I still don't know what to do with them because since they are like. They are average. They are the mean. 32 wins is like perfect. They didn't even, even Vegas thought so. Vegas didn't give them a 0.5. They literally (laughs) just said 32 is just perfect for these suckers. (laughs) You seem like distressed. Under, like if all else fails, like they'll just suck it up somehow. I agree with you so much that I disagree with your pick. They are the epitome of mediocrity that's why they're going to go over here they're going to be a 500 team that's what's going to happen they're going to get to they're going to be closer to 36 wins than 32 team than 32 to me they have enough people on their roster with Fultz Fournier Ross who has a hairline fracture in his toe we don't know how long he's going to miss Gordon Vooch I love the Cole Anthony pick for him I know he was terrible in college but I do like that pick for them. Just take talent when it's there. You know, I, I've talked myself into this team. Isaac being out hurts. You just talked. It hurts. Over. He's the best player. No, no, he's not their best player. Vucevic is their best player. Their most is the best dynamic defender. player is Isaac. Isaac is the best defender. He's the, Isaac's the only reason I'd watch. But they're well coached. I, I like yeah, Steve Clifford. Clifford. Coach. I like mm-hmm. Steve Clifford. I like Steve Clifford to at least get me to 33 fucking wins. I'm going over. You, you, yes, you, thank you. You switched me to the over. Thank you. Thank you. They're, right. They are mediocre. Mediocre is 36 wins. Get me to 36. So explain to me this. We haven't gotten to one of these teams yet, but I look at Chicago, I look at Atlanta, and I look at Washington, and I look at those teams, and all of those teams are better than Orlando and at least in Chicago's sake you're you don't have the coaching disadvantage anymore so look I mean I the fact that DJ Augustine is this big of a loss for this team I think just sums up where they are Orlando fans are freaking out about Augustine because they they just don't have the, the the creation you know, the, the, the pick and roll creation that, that Augustine would give you. And yeah, I, I'm thrilled to get to see Marco Fultz. I'm rooting like hell for that kid. And Cole Anthony, we're going to see. I mean, th- maybe this over-under gets interesting if Anthony proves he's anything other than an inefficient chucker a la Monte Ellis. So we're just going to have to really see. And I think, you know, the, the one silver lining of Isaac being out is that Aaron Gordon can finally, finally play the four, which is where he's supposed to be. 
you know, I, I think with Orlando, you, we, what you eventually have to start looking at is at what point do they start seeing like, hey, this purgatory isn't working for us. Do we move Vooch? Do we move Fournier? Do we move Gordon? You know, I think that's sort of what you need to look at. And to me, what you know, I'm a Chicago apologist, obviously, but Washington and Atlanta are outright better than this team. So we're talking about a team that's 10th at best, at absolute best now. I got the under. I see them fall. I can see them falling off. And by the way, we haven't even talked about how putrid their shooting is. They rely so much on Terrence Ross. It's frightening. Under. Are you changing your pick, Rob? You going to flip off again? No, 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 no. I'm cool with the over. I'm Perfect. cool with the over. They just, we're just average. Just... We're just average. We're just average. Um, you've been very gracious with your time. We got three more. So I'll try and power through here for you, Rob. Okay. The 76ers, no 44 and a half. That's a 51 win pace. Over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. That last year on that dumpster fire, they were a 589 winning percentage for 42 and a half win pace in a 72 game season. Rob, are you going over or under here? I'm going over. I Joel Embiid's just, I'm just betting on Joel Embiid coming in shape and saying, yo, there's dudes that aren't talking about me as a top 10 player in the league. They think Nikola Jokic is a better center than me. Like I, I'm just betting on Joel Embiid coming in like, I want to win the MVP, and I hope that. Doc Rivers is just like in his ear, like, "Yo, you could do it." I'm just betting on JoJo. I'm betting on the King of Shirley Temples. Well, last year, last year in the playoffs, I said to Sean that I thought Bam was a better center than Embiid, and that was met with fair amounts of um, expletives and and question marks from Sean's end, and. I, I, I I would like to be I would like to be proven wrong on that. You and said that I, Bam was a better center than Giannis, and that's when I Giannis lost my doesn't mind. play center. He plays center just as much as Bam does. Bam is a center. Giannis so, is not a center. So and, and closing here's where we are, centers, right? Bam and Giannis both close at center. Just saying. No, they don't. So here, here's what here's what we talk about, right? I mean, we talk about the upgrades. And we're not just talking about roster upgrades because from a talent perspective, obviously you have to argue Horford and Richardson are better players than Curry and whatever Danny Green is right now. But the upgrade that happened on the bench and in the front office is massive. Doc Rivers, say what you want about playoff Doc, is a massive upgrade over Brett Brown. Daryl Morey is an insane upgrade over the guy who gave Tobias Harris like 200 million. Okay. Those are big difference makers. And I could see, I could see a scenario where if Trader Daryl gets gets antsy or gets, you know, start feeling himself a little bit, he pulls off some great trade. So, you know, I, I like I'm with you. If Embiid shows up, and I know we say this every year, if Embiid shows up and just wrecks the league and him and Simmons are, you know, having those shooters ping around on, on them like crazy, I could really see this team being scary as hell to play against. I also am with you. I think I think that you're going to see better cohesion in the locker room with Doc, ironically, after last year's collapse in the locker room. I got the over here as well. I like this team. And by the way, where they got Tyrese Maxey is hilarious. This is that's a steal for them. Oh, I'm we're getting to Maxey. Don't Rob, don't worry. You're gonna have you're gonna have a minute. Okay. You're gonna have a minute. This team just makes so much more sense now. Yeah, they do. You know, they have more shooting. I, their depth 
is still, you know, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. That their depth is is fine. It's fine. You know, Shaq Milton, Maxi, Thibel, Mike Scott, Tony Bradley, Dwight Howard like for some Thibel. Dwight Howard for some reason. But if Maxi can pop, that brings this team to a whole new level. Because what do they need? They need shooting. They brought in Seth Curry. They brought in Danny Green, who's I know he, he's a hypothetical shooter, in my opinion. Favorite role player of all time. He can hypothetically defend. He can hypothetically shoot. There's times when he can do all of that. There's also times when he can't. That's just the way that role players work. It's just how it is. Sometimes you throw balls away with, with the title on the line, and sometimes you hit big shots in game three that no one else can hit. That's, that is Danny Green in a nutshell. But it just makes so much more sense. And to your point, Ian, not only on the court, in the front office and calling the plays. I, I'm not Daryl was a heist. I'm not Doc's biggest fan. Like you, you have that many collapses, you know, you deserve a few slaps on the wrist. But he's he's better than Brett Brown. Like that's he just is. So, what are the 76ers? I'm going over by the way. What are the 76ers getting in Maxi, Rob? All right, wait. First, real quick. Josh Richardson in a vacuum is better than Seth Curry. Yes. But for the 76ers, the shooting that Seth is going to provide is so much more valuable. Absolutely. Completely agree. Completely agree. Tyrese Maxey is, first of all, he's a gamer. Like, yo, the lights are bright. Everybody's watching. It's a national TV game. That dude is going to put his balls on the table for everybody to see Wednesday night. You're only catching it. If you have the Philly league pass stream, this dude might give you eight points and not give a shit, (laughs) but sounds like Kentucky. But like, I say that to say like, he's a worker and he's a dog. And for a team that's going to be in the playoffs, unless you're the sucky team that wound up in the NBA TV series, all the playoff games are on national TV and he's going to show out. So really quick. If you flipped Cole Anthony to this team and put Tyrese Maxey on Orlando, you're saying that Maxey's trajectory in the NBA is just exponentially more inverted because he is playing on the 76ers with this stage. If you sent Maxey to some team that has like no national TV games, I love Tyrese Maxey. Unless his motor changes where, like, he can get up for the boring days, the dog days of the NBA season. If he was in, if he was in Orlando with no national TV days, you know, Tyrese Maxey might be in Ukraine in, <laughs> by the end of his rookie deal. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to start charting thankfully we don't. every time he's on national TV. He, he's just a gamer. Like, it, oh, they're watching? I'm going to kill these dudes. Yeah, this is only on SEC Network with ESPN+. Plus. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Emmanuel, quickly, go off. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to skip the Raptors for now. We're going to get to Washington. Washington is 33 and a half for their over-under. That's a 38-win pace. Am I crazy? Or is this the most off-projection here? This is, like, this is a lock century, lock it in concrete. Like lock. A- 38 win pace in the regular season. It just seems way too low. Like this team is competitive enough to give the top six trouble. 
and deep enough to run the shitty teams out of the gym on, on, a, on a night-to-night basis. I, you know I love Denny Abja. I drafted him in our dynasty pool. You, you talk about shots that you know can cut butter. Like this guy can shoot the freaking basketball. Their defense is still going to be a journey, though. Like, oh, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. But Beal has already established himself as a legit all-NBA player. Even though you and I disagree, I had him on my third-team all-NBA last year. You did not. But he is at least in that conversation. He is one of the top 15 players in the NBA in that conversation. And Westbrook. Rob, would you rather have Booker or Beal? I am wearing a Kentucky Wildcats hoodie right no, now. No, no, well, put that aside, though. Put that aside, though. He can't put it aside. That's the whole thing. No, no. Well, honestly. Let's say, my... though, let's say you got hired to be a GM. You have to make an objective decision. Objectively, Devin Booker is better than Donovan Mitchell and Bradley Beal. Thank you. And I let's think it's, it's close, but like. It's close. It's I need very to draw close. the line with, hey, Devin Booker is 23. And up until this year, his best teammate has been Ricky Rubio. Oh, man. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. None. I was simply talking about last year. He and Bradley Beal with what he did with those. Again, you're going to get the high usage rate. I understand. But what he did was incredible. And he is an incredible basketball player. You're going to make me spoil something I wrote. (laughs) Russell Westbrook, while crazy inefficient, is still a massive upgrade over the point guards that they had last year. It's like it's it. We talk about chasms on this podcast. That's a chasm, and they still had a twenty-five win pace without Russell. It's an over for me. It's well, an over. I well, I want Rob to finish this one, so I'm just going to say this real quick. Look at the guys that have gone out. John Wall did not play. Admiral Schofield, I'm unsure as to why he was even drafted. The best Jerry and Grant, great say name. it again. Great name. That's the best name in the league. Admiral Without Schofield. question. Uh, he sounds like a over pre- over Precious Achua. Yes, just because like, have you ever seen Admiral Schofield? That dude is built like an Adonis. <laughs> it's true. He's an admiral. You know, unfortunately, no impact though from Schofield. No impact from Jerry and Grant, who's gone, and no impact from Yan Mahimi. Shabazz Napier actually is a backup guard. I don't mind. Those are all the guys that are out. In, Robin Lopez. Say we want about Lopez, solid backup big. Denny Abdu, they drafted, we don't know. And Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook as an upgrade over Isaiah Thomas, Shabazz Napier, and Ish Smith, I think, were the guards playing for them. Yep. Oh, my God. This is an over. It is a... It is a lock, a lock. Rob's going to go under, I have a feeling. No, this is the <laughs> easiest over of the night. Um, one thing that I've been adamant about is that for every award, there is a team. First team all-rookie. The, if you're the MVP, it's the all-NBA teams. If you're the defensive player of the year, it's the defensive teams. There is no most improved team, and that drives me nuts. And if there was an almost improved team, Actually, good point. Thomas Bryant would be on it this year. Ooh, yes. Thomas Bryant, David uh, Davis Bertans, Russell Westbrook, and Bradley Beal. There's just so much talent that this this is honestly disrespectful. That how easy of a over this is. 
We're all and in lockstep. So much shooting. And there's and we, so much shooting. We didn't even we didn't even mention Rui, who was Rui fine. Be, he was fine last talent. year. There's yeah. just talent. Oh, this one was easy. This was the easiest one. Well, we're here, Ian. We made it. The final team in the over-unders is the Toronto Raptors. The over-under is 42.5. That is a 48-win pace. The over is minus 165. The under is plus 105. Vegas is begging you to take the under. You can wait. Rob, what are you taking? So you guys are from Canada. You guys heard of Nick Nurse? We have. It's my guy. Yeah, we'll be all right. We're going to take the over. (laughs) I This team is just built to win basketball games. Not regular season, not postseason, just basketball games. You guys are one piece away. Like you had that piece in Kawhi. You either need one of your young guys to pop, uh, preferably OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't even know if him popping, I don't even know if he could pop to the level you would need. Correct. Like you need, you, but you're one piece away. This is a ready-made championship roster that is one Masai Ujiri text message away from, Correct. oh, they're the favorites. I love that because God, come on our podcast anytime I, you want with, with shit like that. I'm fired up. Are you I, kidding me? I just Let's want, go. I just want to tell you the text thread that my brother and I had last night. He texts me asking what the Vegas odds are for Malachi Flynn to win rookie of the year paired with OG Ananobi to win most improved player. And I had to go through the entire process of finding out what that was. But what that tells me is Ian is all in. They are going to struggle to score in the half court. I think that's where they're going to miss Mark the most. I know his defense was elite last year when he played, but they're going to be, they're going to things we know about the Raptors. They're going to be a great defensive team and they're going to be great in transition. Who is going to be their depth? Will Terrence Davis be available? It's a touchy subject. Will Matt Thomas step up? Can Malachi Flynn stay relevant? Do they have center depth? We don't know. I have a lot of questions with this team, Rob. Their win total is not one of them. This is a fucking over. This is an over. These guys win basketball games. Let them worry about their half-court offense and their depth in the playoffs. Because in the regular season, these guys are ballers. They win basketball games. One piece away. What do you got, Ian? I'm completely with you on the one piece away thing. I mean, it is a ready made championship roster. Like it is, it's almost hilarious. Like Masai just used to say to people, does anyone want to win a title? Cause it's, it, you can do it right here. And I don't know how many podcast, you know, what sort of podcast you guys listen to, but Tim Bontemps was on with Brian Windhorst the other day. And, um, Hoop Collective. Yes, Hoop Collective. It's great. I, I mean, I love Windhorse, and Bontemps does a lot of Celtic stuff, but he predicted that one of his big predictions is that OG Ananobi is going to make an all-star team this year. Now, personally, I think, you know, or, or the all-star team, I say in air quotes because I know there's no all-star game. You know, I think that may be a stretch, but I see a massive jump here. Maybe not a jump to all-star or superstar level, but I see a jump from a guy – with whose usage rate can jump possibly into the low twenties. I see a guy who's going to handle 
a little bit more pick and roll stuff. I see a guy whose defense is already spectacular and whose minutes are going to increase because there's no bigs in front of him. So you're going to see a lot of four with Ananobi. As long as Kyle Lowry is on this team, they are 45 wins. So add in, you know, your Van Vliet. And I love the Siakam comeback story. I, you know, and I'm not saying that as a Raptors homer. If I was someone who was betting on all-stars, I would bet my house on Pascal being one of those guys. I just think the bounce back here, he's been through too much. He's been, he's come too far to Tampa not, scares you know, me a little bit. Being in, again. Tampa, being in Tampa scares me a little bit for him. Because again, it, we saw the bubble thing. Anyways, I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off there with that. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, we didn't come this far to come this far. And that's Pascal. He's been through too much in his life. He's going to bounce back. He's resilient, dude. It's an over here. It's a lock. And I'm excited as hell to watch this team. This three-guard rotation, forget Davis for a minute, this three-guard rotation of Flynn, Van Bleet, and Lowry is small. But I don't know if you watched any of that pre- those preseason games against Charlotte. Malachi Flynn was making LaMelo Ball his son. Like it He's was bigger than up. I thought he was, too. It He's was, taller. He was, he was bullying him. It was like goal. I almost called to school. Like He was bullying him. It's an over. All right, wait. Lock. So real quick on Pascal Siakam. He didn't have a bad season. He had a bad bubble. He had a bad playoff showing. So it's not like he has to bounce back from that. Like sometimes the matchup just is bad. And like, what did Pascal show us? Oh, he could, he's option to be on a championship team instead of one A. Yeah. Yeah, Like that. That's cool. Like there's, there's not a lot of one A's in the league. Anthony Davis isn't a one A. True. Very so, true. like, Pascal didn't do anything wild. He proved that he can get a team to the playoffs as the best player. And then, hey, I might need a little extra umph when we get there. It's a great point, Rob. Yeah, we didn't even mention Chris Finch, right? And Chris Finch is an offensive mind who Nurse hired to replace Nate. I have a feeling that's only going to help some of these guys that may have, you know, a little bit, you know, more limited offensive upside. Like, Ananobi, like Siakam, even down to the bench guys like Bembry. You know, I think you're going to see a little bit of an offensive jump from those guys. And the defense is going to be top tier, upper echelon, elite, 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 because that's just what Nick Nurse in this roster does. I have zero concerns about this team in the regular season. None. None. And I'm excited to watch it. And Rob, we were very excited to have you on. It was was awesome. It was awesome, man. You were very gracious with your time. We really appreciate it. Please let all the people know where they can find you and your fantastic work. All right. So sometimes I write for the Playgrounder. Like I I have the Playgrounder trade pod, which you can find on all Mm. streaming services, which is really fun. And then I have the Shaw's Law podcast, which is my podcast, all one word. And then... I have like a bunch of friends who are expiring rappers. So I literally write like once every couple months. So when I put out an article, I can text them and be like, yo, my pen is better than yours. Like, that's the only reason I really write just so I could like shoot my (laughs) friends text messages. Like, yo, I know you've been in like the studio writing and you think your pen is fire, but like my article's about to drop and my pen's better than yours. (laughs) Well, that's amazing, man. And, we really appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. We, we hope that you will come on again. I will definitely come back. Please make sure you check out Rob everywhere that you can. Ian, sign us off with the podcast, buddy. 
Rob, it was a pleasure, dude. This was a ton of fun. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. And everyone, please stay safe out there. Have a happy holidays. And wear your mask, guys. It's getting crazy out there. Be safe.